This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. Are you ready? I'm saying, are you ready? press the right button there we go good afternoon good evening good morning good day goodbye hello welcome along um yeah we did one of these before and it, it was uh we enjoyed doing it it proved quite popular so we'll do another one um we're going to be looking as you can see there at yesterday's game 
Middlesbrough one, Leicester City nil. Bad day at the office again, or the start of a worrying trend. Um, I say that because, and look, I'm not panicking too much, but we've got to face facts. 12 matches he was at Palmer as manager, 16 is out at Leicester. Um, did we learn anything from the Leeds defeat? Ah, that's what we're going to be discussing. Uh, I've got my co-host with me who's ready, raring to go. I can see he's in the green room. So let's do this. It's not as, not as nice when we lose, but here we go. <laughs> Here's the review show. Middlesbrough 1, Leicester City nil. Nothing learnt from the Leeds defeat, Brad. Uh, no, no, sadly not. And it definitely came across as a game where it was, let's do that again. And it didn't work against Leeds. So I don't know why something wasn't um, tried differently. And if you look through the squad, and I know we will do later on, we'll look at the team and the, and the bench, but you look at what was available for Leicester in terms of personnel, there was maybe a false, well, there was a false sense, especially for me, that, that things might be there for a change, um, which is kind of kind of what we need now after what we've seen in the last the last two weeks. I know that, you know, they, they, they say, isn't, isn't it, the, the insanity, the form of insanity is trying to keep doing the same thing and it keep failing. Um now that might be a little bit unfair and look, you know, we let's be honest, we'd take where we are now if you'd given us a, a, at the start of the season. But it you mentioned last week that it's very Roger-esque the performance against Leeds, and kind of got that feeling yesterday, players being played out of position, uh teams that you know that we should be beating, not Leeds, but certainly Middlesbrough. Okay, maybe maybe we didn't deserve to beat them, but we deserved a point, but we didn't even get that. And I think we could have been playing now and still got um, uh, nothing. And the worrying thing is, not that I'm saying maybe, you know, that they should be sacked or anything like that, but you should be learning. And we had this with, with the last guy in charge. Yeah. Um, the thing is, when something goes well, it goes really well, like it has been for Leicester up until this point. And because this is the first time we've maybe had to ask the question of Enzo and uh, and what he what else he can bring to this 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 team. Um, because when it's going well, it's hard to look past needing a reason to change, isn't it? You know, you're winning games, whether it's 1-0 or 4-0, it doesn't matter. You're winning games, you're top of the league, you, you, you're starting to cut adrift from the division. And I think... Again, a little bit of um, complacency, if, if you will. A little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of, I can't think of the word. They, they, they seem relaxed. They seem too casual for the last two games, as if it was just going to happen. Uh, I think maybe a little bit of arrogance is the word I was looking for, kind of set in. And, and, and it's, it's costing us a little bit because... 
two different styles of play and they've both walked away taking three points out off off Leicester City, which is, you know, something we was getting a bit chip on our shoulder about, uh, you know, for the last, you know, 13 games beforehand. So yeah. it's a little yeah. bit concerning. And just say hi to you. Say hi to you. How are you doing? The picture that I've used there uh, shows, um, you know, your love child hitting the post. And had that gone in, we would have been having a different conversation today. And had McAteer's effort gone in, um, we'd have been having a different conversation, you know, post Leeds as well. But, you know, when you look, in at, look at some of the results that came in yesterday, um, I mean, you know, Norwich three, uh, Sunderland scored three, Ipswich scored three, you know, Leeds got two, Millwall got four, and Watford got five past the Rotherham side that we could only beat by one clear goal. I mean, I, one nils, one nils. Have we looked at the result and the result has been maybe giving us blue-tinted glasses over the performance? Yes, all right, we look at it and we've got all this possession. And we'll look at the stats for yesterday. But, you know, we had we had that possession under Rodgers. Um, I think so a little bit, but you you also have to remember in in any division when you're a new side, whether that's through downfall of relegation like we had, or whether you're promoted up from the division above, your instinct is don't really care how the how, what scoreline is in them first seven or eight games. We need to get a good start on our belt, and obviously a relegated side does more pressure on them to bounce back because the book is, you know, they make you the favourites. The pundits make you the favourites because you you're going down at that point with a Premier League squad, and well, even though they didn't survive in it, but you know, you know what I mean. Premier League players, um, and you're expected to do well and definitely be there or thereabouts at, at the worst set case. So did we maybe get a bit carried away? Maybe, maybe a little bit, but I don't think it was for the wrong reasons. I don't think we were sitting there going, oh, yeah, smash Rotherham. It's like, no, you only won 2-1. I think it was a case of, oh, yeah, doesn't matter that we didn't play that well. If this is how we're playing when we're at 20%, 10%, 15%, then it can only get better. And I think, unfortunately, we've come to a point where we're rubbing our hands going, Oh yes, we're going to start getting better now. This is where Leeds will come at us and we'll beat them. And even if they don't, and we get a point or whatever, we'll go to Middlesbrough and we'll beat them. It's like, well, I thought we were supposed to be better at sixty percent, seventy percent. We've we've gone backwards. If anything, have we have we, have we reset to five percent? Because I, it just seemed a little bit like, you know, just when we thought we'd turn the corner, mm-hmm. um, it's not happened. For Leicester, they've gone back a. Uh, a couple of steps have we and we'll be going through the tactics in more in more detail later you'll, you'll talk us through those uh and the squad and everything but uh looking at yesterday it's like you know have we got oh yeah well yesterday we had 13 players there was more were available but we didn't use those but we'll come on to that um do we have 13 players who thought they were messy out there because they're trying to do little things that just weren't coming off yeah again i think complacency i think maybe a little bit of hero syndrome came into them players and i think sometimes you know i've I've made this point in the post match i think sometimes we were very 
we were very wary of not doing what was asked of us and what i mean by that is when a manager sets you out to pass the ball around wait be patient i think sometimes some players have a natural instinct wink certainly seems to have it about him he does seem a bit timid to 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 show it on the pitch but there's something about the way he lines his body up for it to to open up the defense to to think he's going to think to shoot and obviously we know Dewsbury Hall is looking to be the next James Madison for us uh, in, in a sense of scoring goals and providing goals as as well. But I just felt that yesterday, maybe it was in the back of the minds about Leeds that these are trying to sit deep and counter-attack. If I have a shot and it pings right for them, we're low on numbers. So I've got to, I've got to make the pass. I've got to try that extravagant through ball. And it was frustrating to see and it was frustrating for the players on the pitch. Uh, and for me, I just feel like maybe Enzo needs to, and it sounds so simple, but sometimes players are so ingrained in a way that they don't even use the think, they don't use that, and they don't think logically. And I think sometimes he needs to go, look, we want to pass it around to be nice and, and, and drag the opposition around. But if you back yourself, have a go. Because I think over the last two or three games, maybe even more than that, if we even if we've had nine shots, I felt we could have had 18 and we've just not been taking chances and opportunities. And you look at some of the goals we've scored, Chris, they're not exactly tappings, are they? They're edge of the box goals or just inside the box. And we've seemed to have been feared, you know, fearing away from having a, having a shot that goes a little bit against the grain of, of the Enzo way, if you will. Um, a few points there raised by Derek and Jim regarding Dakar. I'm not ignoring you guys. What we'll do is we'll 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 um, um, park that and we'll come back to that at the end of the show because uh, it is a point that that's worth discussing. Have we, Brad, um, become? And I asked, I said this yesterday, and I and I said it after Leeds. Have we become a victim of our own success a little bit? Is the fact that look, you know, sixteen games in, we've lost three. Let's not hit the panic button, although I was absolutely peed off with the performance. I think it was the worst performance of the season so far. But is that because we had been winning, 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 winning? Yeah, I think that's obviously played a part with the fan side of things. I don't think Enzo and the players will let it get them too much. I mean, they've got two weeks now to, to dwell on it, think about it, and maybe... Maybe that's that's what Enzo was hoping for. Maybe a little bit Enzo was going right. Um, international breaks after this game. Let's get through this. Let's try and get a win. If not, let's get a let's get a point uh, and put the Leeds result behind us. And then during these next few weeks, we can work on something different because as fans, we get complacent, don't we? We get used to a way. We get used to a winning, and, and when something doesn't happen that way, it's a bit of a culture shock. Now, those fans that are maybe going a bit over the top and saying this person needs to go, this player needs dropping and that one, I'd rather have the shock of going, oh, God, we've lost a few games the last season when it was, oh, God, we're drawing. What's going on? We, we actually might not lose a game. You know, last season we were actually falling over ourselves because we actually weren't losing a game after three and a half minutes like we were near enough every game last season. So I think maybe we need to... And get over the shock and, and, and kind of just, you know, things don't change. You know, it's like anything, isn't it? You, you you do a job over and over again and if all of a sudden the way you do something stops working, you need time to figure out a way to, 
to, to change it to make sure it works. You know, whether that's an added job responsibility so you can't get your jobs done in the time you're doing, you've got to figure out how to do it. And then it's on you to find that way. We've kind of we've got to remember, like you said, Chris, if you add his time at Palmer, he's not even a half season manager in full term experience. So he's as well as these players, this manager is learning on the job as well. And if you said to me, you know, somebody who's only had barely 28 games experience in full-time management has become your manager for less than for, for just over half of them. And he has you top of the table by eight points. You told me that in August, Chris, I'd snap your hand off for him. So yes, two back-to-back defeats are bad, but it's not as bad as we're panicking about as fans. No, I mean, I did. And I'm, I was one of those, because like I say, I know I, a lot of what I say is for reaction purposes, as every pundit on every radio station, TV station, YouTube channel is. You know, I mean, Mark Goldbridge doesn't react the way he does for, you know, for the fun. He knows that he's going to get a reaction. He gets a reaction. He gets more people watching. He gets more money, et cetera, et cetera. So, but there are questions that, that need asking. And I think when you look at, you know, 12 games for Palmer and they decide that he wasn't, because he had a good start at Palmer. And then after, I think, about seven or eight games, it started to go wrong, which was why he went. That's, you know, I'm just thinking, well, are we getting a little bit of that? But look, this is what he said uh, after the game uh, yesterday uh, uh, to, the, to, the, to the BBC. Uh, I think I've been quite clear. We've created many chances and many situations where we should score. When you miss, 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 and they score a fantastic goal, that's football. And yes, it is. Uh, I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, it's a moment where you create, but don't take your chance. And the, uh, the opposition, I think he meant to say there, score a fantastic goal. It is what it is. Maybe he could have chosen his language better there. And I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that English isn't his first uh, language. But coming out with a phrase like, well, it is what it is, I don't think is what fans want to hear. Um, to be um, honest, I thought we were in control of the game, created five or six clear chances and many situations where we missed the last pass. The players are annoyed because we lost and it's normal to be like that. I can't say we deserve to win. I don't think we deserve to win at all. I think we probably deserved a draw. It was two two teams out there that neither of which could hold on to the ball. Um, thoughts on what he said there, Brad? Yeah, I'm going to forgive him for his lack or poor choice of words, if you will. I think we all know what he's basically saying. He's just that, you know, you've got to give credit to him. That's, you know, English, like you said, isn't his, his natural language. So we get what he's meaning. He's probably just used the worst terminology for it. It's not, it's not yeah. like he's going, I ain't bothered. He's, he's saying that's just football. You know, yeah. you, you have a game. And, and if you really think about it, when you, you know, if you analyse the game as, as, as we're going to here, but if you really cast your minds back to that 90 minutes, apart from their goal, I do not remember her Madsen having to make a save. Maybe something that was straight at him. I'm not, when I say making a save, I mean, he's had to do a bit of movement and it's caused him a little bit of concern to gone on. I don't remember him doing it compared to their goalkeeper. And, and again, this goes back to the shooting thing. He probably had three or four. Realistically, he says we had a lot of chances. I think we had a lot of half chances. And I think we could have had more chances had some of the players not decided to take an extra touch, an extra pass, play a killer through ball and just shot. I think we might have done it. And 
I think I, I kind of get what he means. Were, did we deserve to win the game? Probably not, because we were just as bad as them in the midfield. Did we deserve to lose it? Now I've calmed down a bit. No, we didn't. We actually didn't. We didn't deserve to lose it, Chris. We really didn't deserve oh, to lose that game oh, because Middlesbrough did that. Would have been a fair result, I should have said. Um, but yes, I mean, and like I say, you know, that Ian Acho chance goes in. It, it, we're having, we're having a different conversation. Uh, the interesting thing is that this is what, and this was in the Leicester Mercury. Uh, but David Putton said this, who does uh, EFL punditry on Sky, uh, and this was post Leeds. He said uh, he does not believe Leicester City are nailed on for promotion just yet despite their impressive start to the championship campaign. Um, and he's probably a nail-on-the-head hit, as they say. Well, yeah, because you can't just come out after 14 games or, well, 15 games at that point and say, well, yeah, Leicester are going to win the championship anyway. It doesn't matter at Leeds to beat them because there's always a shockwave. It always is going to be the case. And, uh, and, and you know... <laughs> You know, I think it's easy to look at it and say that because the 11, well, it's now eight, but when it was an 11-point gap after the Leeds game, you then suddenly realised that Leicester could have been playing this weekend chasing Ipswich. So, you know, it, when you're first, if, it, had we, if you'd have said to me it was an 11-point gap over second and a 14-point gap over over third going into that game to Leeds, I'd have gone, no, I think we are nailed on to do it. But why there's a chance that one team you know, isn't letting us run away with the title, third place and below will always have a chance to catch you up. And obviously two defeats is gonna he's gonna help that. I know this was before the added defeat, but I don't even think if Leicester were still eleven or fourteen points clear after the Leeds game, you would have had us down as nailed on. You'd have looked at them gone, well they really should, but we've still got thirty games left of the season. And that's after the Middlesbrough game. That's thirty games. That's a that that is still, you know, what three quarters of the season. We are only a quarter of the way through. Mm. I I don't. You you will remember more than I do, Chris. So I, I only watch the VHS tapes. For you young viewers, that's a video thing that you have to push into it and rewind it back and everything. But I, when I was a knee high to a grasshopper, as you would say, um, I watched the uh, Brian Little era. And you know which one I'm on about, Chris. I'm sure you will. We was top at Christmas of the Division One. For you young viewers, the championship. We were top at Division One by Christmas. We were absolutely cruising. And then Brian Little for Little Old Leicester was not good enough for him. So so he he left. Was it Little? Or am I thinking No, I'm thinking of um Yeah, I'm not thinking of McGee. Uh, yeah, so he left. Mark McGee said the little old Leicester weren't as big as, was it Wolves he went to or West Brom at that point? Wolves. Yeah, so he went to Wolves because Wolves were a bigger club. That didn't work out well for him there, yeah, thankfully. And that's why we always ask him if he's watching us when we're winning stuff. Yeah. Uh, Mark McGee yeah. then left us and we were in turmoil. And you could kind of say that we were in turmoil like we were with Rogers, if you want to make a comparison here. And then what happened is... A little ray of sunshine came in under the name of Martin O'Neill and he got off to one of the worst starts you could ever ask for. In fact, I think it was about seven or eight games into his season. Um, he was nearly sacked, wasn't he, Chris? We lost mm -hmm. to Sheffield United at home and the fans were calling for him to get sacked. And he actually came out and did a mass press conference, if I remember, in, in the car park. He did a press conference, spoke to the fans and said, look, give me time. I'll, I'll turn this around. If I don't think I can, I will leave. Don't you worry about it. And eventually... 
in the last run of the season, Leicester made it into the playoffs. And the long, the long version, the shorter version of that story is things can go right and very wrong quickly in this division. So I do understand why he's saying that you can't have Leicester nailed on. I don't care if we are eight points, 14 points between us and third. We are still a quarter of the way of the season. And if a team can be top at Christmas and barely make the playoffs, we all know what happened, of course. We won the playoffs. But, you know what I mean? If we can go from yeah. up here yeah. at Christmas and then just about hanging on by our fingertips, you cannot ever nail on a... Um, nail on a you know a title or an automatic spot in in that in that going maybe some fans should go and review them seasons actually and 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 remember that sometimes brad you do talk sense Uh, not often i do have to make in fact let me one second i'll just get the diary out and make a note of that you spoke sense today um but no, you do. I mean, and when you look at this division, I mean, you look at, at yesterday's results. Uh, you know, you got you got four results correct. Uh, sorry, four. Um, yes, not results. Four um, win losses. Win losses. Yeah, I got I got the outcome right, but not the score. That's the word. I got only got six. So that's you know, out of twelve games, that's you know, shows what a mad division it is. Um, you know, uh, where, where, where are we going down here? Looking, you know, Preston beating Blackburn, uh, Norwich coming back from Cardiff, um, you know, Swansea, you know, nearly getting a point at Ipswich. And like you say, Ipswich managing to drop, uh, you know, four points over two games. And that, you know, we wouldn't have, have been top now if that hadn't have happened. And just looking out of interest, I mean, it's no different if you go up a division. I mean, you know, today uh, Sheffield United held Brighton to a 1-1 draw. West Ham 3, Forest 2. That was close. And the other day, you know, um, last last week, sorry, it was Luton holding Liverpool to a 1-1 draw. Um, and this is the worrying thing. Though, of course, Burnley are now bottom of the Premier League. So we, we always have to take that as a warning. And I've been saying that right from the start, haven't I? Don't forget, look what's happening to Burnley this season. But last last week, um, Rob, and you know I like Rob Tanner. I think he talks a lot of sense. He writes for The Athletic. And still, if you're interested, £1 a month they've got an offer on for. That's all I'm paying. And you get to read a guy who knows his stuff. Um, yes, you know, Fabrizio knows his, his transfers. But Rob, he, he he nails it on the head so often, and after after the Leeds game, he very much said what I was thinking, which was, um, you know, is this the wake up call that that, that Leicester needed? Uh, now now yesterday he he wrote, um, if I can get it up here, a second consecutive defeat for Leicester City, and again they lose to a set piece after dominating possession. A great free quick, but Borough nowhere near the level of Leeds last week. And that is the worrying thing: is that we lost to a team that was that was worse. Now, again, am I being too hard here? Because I say it is only the third defeat. It was only one nil. Upsets happen, and it wasn't a, a, the biggest upset. It wasn't like we just lost to Sheffield Wednesday or anything like that. Um, but we got Watford up next, who, who stuck five past Rotherham yesterday. I think I think you know I think Rob's got a, a good point there, hasn't he? 
He does. He does in a sense because yes, in terms of quality and the way they, uh, the way Leeds approached us, they were they were two completely different uh, approaches to 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 beating Leicester. Uh, the thing is, Leeds got in our faces and suffocated us, and Middlesbrough crapped the pants and got every man behind the ball. They, 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 they did, and they did. In fairness to them what Bristol City, QPR and Rotherham did, but all failed to come away with something. Whereas Middlesbrough had less quality than Leeds, but probably had the right quality in a weird sense to try and do what Rotherham and QPR did and Bristol did and get away with it. And it wasn't actually, if you really want to compare it to Chris, and we didn't have as, as many chances, but it wasn't too dissimilar to the way that Hall went about beating us. We'll, we'll crap our pants and make sure every man, dog, woman, child and everything, not getting thrown overborn, but the you know, kitchen sink is being thrown at the def- at, at Leicester in, in a defensive sense. And we'll try and nick it at the other end. And all right, they got it in a, a world a worldy of a free kick way. That can't be helped. I don't care if you're Leicester, if you're, if you're Scarborough, you're, you know, Scarborough or, or, or your Man City. If you get a free kick put past you like that, that's where you kind of go, there's nothing you can do about it. No, of and course it, not. And, and, and it's opposed, so it could have gone either. It could have gone either. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and, that, and that's the thing. You take that goal out of the equation. It, that goal kind of, I kind of felt like literally I was watching it, um, as you know, with my dad. And I said, after all that's gone on this game, this is going in. He'll put it to the... And I'm not, I'm thinking from a keeper's perspective. I'm looking at Hamad, and I'm thinking, he's going to go to his far right, which is obviously the the left-hand side for the free-kick taker, and he might get a hand to it or let the post and go in. And the stream we was watching it on was obviously half a second behind it because as I did that, I picked up my phone and bang, it said goal. And I was like, told you, they're fucking going to score it. And my dad went, oh, they won't. Bang. And it's just, it's just sod's law. It, the game where I was sitting there going, oh, well, first draw of the season, take that, get rid of it. Um, I know we'll get on to this instant, but at that point I was saying, well done, Chowdhury, for the foul he committed. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that in, in a little oh, bit. I'll save, oh, my, I'll save my rant for that there, mate. Um, but yeah, but also at the end of the day, you know, we now need to go away and we've been beaten by two different approaches. So I think now we'll see Enzo's credentials. Well, not, we didn't, you can't really judge his credentials on, on, on Leeds and, and Middlesbrough. What you need to judge him on now is how he goes about Watford. Sheffield Wednesday, um, West Brom. How does he get these players to respond? Because if you ask any manager that's worth their soul, if if a manager goes, right, okay, teams have figured out how to potentially stop us when we play like this. So when that happens, I need you lot to be able to do this because they won't know how to handle that. And we need to be interchangeable throughout the game. Uh, And that's something that substitutions might be able to influence. Again, we'll probably talk about that in a minute or two, so I'll, I'll save that for there. Derek uh, is just saying there about uh, Borough uh, losing the last game. I think you, you get it. They did lose to Stoke, but it wasn't the last game. Uh, just bringing this is sort of the, the, the form table up. Uh, okay, the banner's going across the bottom one, but we weren't playing a team that you can see there in their last six games, they'd won four of them. So, again, we weren't playing a Sheffield Wednesday. You know, it wasn't a game 
Now, yes, we all right. We all predicted, you know, we were predicting three ones and four nils and what have you. Uh, but you know, it was it. You know, I think that was more sort of blue tinted, uh, blue tinted spectacles than than, than anything. Um, but let me just get rid of that now, um, and then we can get back on. Um, you, you, we said about um, about we've got the break now. Uh, I mean, I asked the question earlier, you know, had he learned anything from the Leeds defeat? We've had a week and a day. So because we've had eight days. We played Leeds on the Friday. So we've had eight days to uh, actually try and get things right and look at that defeat uh, and see where things went wrong. And he's had all the squad available. We've now got two weeks when half the squad's probably going to be away um, on international duty. Is it going to really make any difference? Uh, yeah, it can do because um, the yes, there'll be players away on international duty, but I'm trying to go through our team and think who's going to go away on international duty because Justin's not going to go away. Um, Vestergaard goes away, fair enough, but Cody's not going to go away. Sutar, is he going away? I don't know if Australia have games, so he might not go. Ricardo, I don't think he's ever got into the Portugal side while he's been with us, so I don't know if he'll go away. Chowdhury, maybe, because I know he's... he's, he's um, he, he he's obviously not English. I know he changed his nationality. So he mm. might go away. Fatou, I don't know. McAteer Fatou, won't go anywhere. Fatou hasn't been. Pardon? Fatou hasn't been. Okay, so Fatou won't go anywhere. McAteer's not going to go anywhere. So there's certain aspects of players like, obviously, um, Mad Samanson will go and, and some other, and Yannick will go. I can't believe I'm saying that, like Yannick. But we are saying it. We have to admit we are saying it about Yannick Vestgaard. A fair play to him. Uh, you know, he deserves it. He does deserve it. You know, past opinions. Yeah, well, all I'm saying is all them past opinions of him are, are, are liable to change when he puts in the performance of players how he's doing. But I think the core of the squad's still going to be there. And, and I know we had a full selection, but the players get a day off the day after a game. Uh, they're probably in training up until the match day. And then... They were travelling to Borough, so they wouldn't have done any morning prep like they usually do. Uh, and it's easy to say, yeah, OK, clean bill of health. Well, the, there was no Wilfred and Deedy, which I think, and we discussed this on the first one of these, so go and check that out afterwards for my in-depth look at that, about Ndidi and what he offers or what we miss when he's not in the team. So he wasn't there. Dennis Pratt wasn't on the team, even though he's back in training. Tom Cannon, we will talk about more, but he didn't play at all, even though he was available and on the bench. Um, and again, I'm sure you've got plenty of questions for that. So, yeah. so even though we're there, the, the pieces of the jigsaw are all available. We've just got to figure out for which jigsaw. Because I think now Enzo's maybe started the idea of a plan B and a different way to approach the game. But you can't, you cannot decide and do that and implement it in a week. You can't do that in four days because that you take all the aspects of day off, travelling day, and that it's not eight days they have to prepare for it because the game get the eighth, the eighth day is the game day, 
So yeah, uh, you probably yeah, have three, yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, yeah. I'm just, I'm just picking on it to be an asshole. But yeah, you, um, are. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I am. Um, but you'll probably find that maybe he's working on the background. It, it's all about fam familiarity. And if these players are kind of like, you got to remember these players spent what, seven, eight, nine weeks before a ball was kicked in the division, working on this tactic, working mm -hmm. on this passing game, working on this formation and style of play that we have seen throughout these 16 games. And if you've only just started to go, okay, now I need to have a plan B you can't just do it in a week or even two weeks. He may have even been trying it beforehand. We don't know. But we will see over these international breaks because, yes, we're going to have a Vestergaard and Hermanson and maybe one or two others that go out, Crazy. maybe Cassidy. Yeah. But the majority of these players will be there to work on it. And those that come back in, well, what we're going to have, what, what, what we're going to do, tell Hermanson. Right, when we're playing for, I'll give you an example. If he comes back and goes, all right, Mads, we've got we've got Watford at the weekend. Welcome back. Good to see you back. We're below health. By the way, we're changing our tactic. We're going 4-4-2. I'm giving it the Mike Bassett treatment. So instead of playing it out of the back, kick it out long. That's all Mads is going to get told to do different. You know you know what I mean? It's, mm. it's not too much to tweak for an individual. You can catch an individual up over a training session or two. It's yeah. a whole squad yeah. that you need to get on sync. So if they do change something up, which I hope they do, or work on something in the background, they have got two weeks now to really go at it. The table there, as the you can see, uh, we were 11 points above third. We're now only 11 points above seventh. Uh, 39 points, joint top, better on goal difference, though. Leeds only eight points behind us. And Southampton have, have, have come up. Uh, as well, Preston are sort of up and down <laughs> like a like a yo-yo. To be honest with you, one week they're in the top seven, the next week they're not. But looking at that, and we'll come on to form in a second. But looking at that, uh, had Leeds not had the awful start that they did, where players didn't want to play and they, they, they were having trouble uh, behind the scenes, Leeds would probably be up there with us now if they hadn't had such an awful start. If Southampton had got some form of consistency. They would have been up there with us, you know, at the at, at the start. Middlesbrough were a team that were in the top seven last week, and they were in the playoffs last season. Um, so it's not yes, it's looking bad. Every team's got to. We weren't, I suppose. And I, 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 I'm my own worst enemy because I actually I don't listen to myself. Well, no, nobody else does. So I think why should I? Um, but I, I. I said, you know, that oh, I'm glad we got that whole loss out of the way because, you know, it, it's one less albatross around our neck uh, that we've finally lost a game and it's out of the way and done. But then we went back on another winning streak. And I think because we lost to Leeds and because of how well we'd done all season, I just kind of thought, well, we're going to come back against Middlesbrough. But we, we're never going to go through the whole season having won, let's say, 30 games. I'm sure we'll lose more between now and the end of the season. So we're not going to go through the whole season having, you know, uh, won 30 games. So, um, so it may be just that we're, we are hitting our downtime now, if you like. Yeah, possibly. And again, I don't really like all their fans, bots and coconuts when you talk about other teams. Because well, if they were good enough, they would have been up there. Well, well, I will. I'll, 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 you know, we'll, we'll talk about them on a different show when it's less PG era um, yeah. time-wise. Yeah. But no, you know, 
that, that's a Leeds problem that they weren't up to scratch and ready for the start of the season. It's a Middlesbrough problem that they got slow off and, and had a playoff, missing out on a playoff hangover. You know, we can only, you know, like you said, because you know, beat what's in front of you and we can only start, what were we supposed to go? Oh, well, no, no, hold on a minute. I've just decided I don't want us to beat Rotherham and QPR and, 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 and um, I'm trying to think of another team we beat, even though we beat a lot of them. Help me out here, Chris. They one team we beat this season that isn't Cupid. Oh. Yeah, no, we didn't. We lost the hole. Oh, we beat who we beat. Oh, we beat who we beat. Yeah, Rotherham. yeah. Rotherham. You know, yeah. So Rotherham, um, Blackburn, um, Southampton. We can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think any team in their in their life has ever looked at another team and gone, "Well, they should be up here." So to make it fair. Let's not beat these teams. Let's get let's let's draw to and lose to. You go with the flow. And at the end of the day, I'd rather have a flying start and have a little wobble now and still be able to go. Yeah, okay, well done. You've caught up four points, but you're still eight points behind us. You're still you're still looking at our results when you get in the changing rooms on your phones, going, "Please tell me Leicester have lost or drawn, but so we've caught up." Because if we saw with Ipswich. Ipswich were like, yes, Leicester lost. We can go top. And then they drew. And then they drew. And now, yes, they were happy we lost again. Going, oh, thank God Leicester lost again. It means we can catch up to them. Yeah. We're what still, we're is, still the target. This could be our this could little be. gift, if you like. Um, I want to say hi, I want to, to, say hi to, to Luca, uh, who is an Arsenal fan. And this this makes me laugh again. This would be the quote of the uh, show if if I if I had a if I had a prize to give out for the for the quote of the show the, or the question or the comment of the show. This would be it. Let's win the championship. Trust the process. Coming from an Arsenal fan saying trust the process, Luca, I love you, mate. <laughs> that that did make me titter. Um, although you only managed a nil nil, was it with Newport yesterday from your your other team, Milton Keynes? Uh, Scott is in. Um, we'll, we'll probably look at that at the end. That though, Scott, uh, uh, and Jim, uh, some guy on Twitter was saying Enzo out. Look, I, I, I don't go that far, I haven't been that silly. I've, I've asked the question because it is my job, as you see. And people have to realize if I sit here and go, Enzo only played 12 games at Palmer, they got rid of him, he's only played 16 with us. You know, I'm asking the question. I I don't believe Enzo should go. We would be absolutely stupid to get rid of him. Um, but there's always some idiots, and we'll come on to more idiots later in the show. I'm also going to say hi to Kate, who is, as you know, a presenter here with us. Um, and uh, she's in Vietnam, but bless her, she was messaging me saying, what's happening with the football? <laughs> how are we playing? And I don't think she liked my reply to how are we playing when I replied, shit. <laughs> but uh, she just messaged me again today. Uh, how's the holiday going, Kate? Um, you should be enjoying yourself. Forget Lester. Um, and again, I look at this, and I, I did this. And when I first bought the form table up, I thought, oh, bugger. Um, we're down in seventh. But we're only one win off being um, uh, you know, out of the form table. And if you look, look who is at number four in the form table. Middlesbrough. And up until this week, Brad, for the last 15 weeks, we have been top of the form table. Yeah, and again, like you said, it just shows you how, how I wouldn't say useless these form guides are, because that's, that's hard to say, because 
But you could say that, though, couldn't you? Because if Rotherham go and draw two and win three, but they don't move up anywhere in the league and they're still like 15th, 16th or 20th or whatever, because they, they, they go on a little bit of a run. They're sort of being the informed team, but they're down at the bottom. But Leicester could could win the next three games and go back to top. I, yes, I Chris. Would, yeah. I, I, would, I, I wouldn't have a show if I couldn't use uh, stats. So don't knock stats. It keeps the show going. <laughs> Well, on that basis, then stats are stats are a good thing to have. But these sort of things, it, it, this is this is where, and I use this term a lot, and I still stand by it. This is where lazy journalists get told write something about Leicester and how bad they're doing right now. Right? No, you're not a lazy journalist, Chris, because you actually make conversation and everything, and you, you you go a good way about it. What I mean is, you know, there's somewhere out there. Like probably, probably, probably Dave off Twitter because the guy who Jim's on about, I don't know, mate, probably the biggest Leicester fan ever who's saying Enzo out has probably put that up on his post saying, we've gone from first in the form table to outside the top six. We would be outside. And he's probably made it sound as if because we're seventh in the form table, that means we'd be seventh in the league. Well, no, because if Rotherham drew five games in a row and they were the fifth best team in form by being undefeated, that means we should move Rotherham up from 22nd up to 5th then, does it? No, people like to twist these sort of tables, not, not, your, not your league tables, but this sort of thing, your form guides, to, to, to merit their own agenda. And if, you, if you're negative and Enzo out, you're going to say, oh, Enzo's going to take us out of the payoff at this point if he does that. No, he's not. Like you said, Chris, a win would put us back top of it if other teams are up. The, the one thing that does worry me looking at that table, not the fact that we, once I got over that, oh, shit, we're seventh, but when I actually looked at it in more detail, like I say, three points off the top, it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world. What does worry me is that we've got the worst goal difference of the, the, the top seven. On the last six games, we've only got a plus four. Um where you know the games over were knocking three and four past the team seems to have dried up a little bit. Maybe that's something that that needs to be looked at. Maybe we'll come on to that when we get into your tactic. Um, uh, Michael says here, uh, in reality, Leicester should never have been relegated last season. Uh, it was Leicester's only really poor season over the course of several years. Look, uh, you get relegated because you deserve to get relegated at the end of the day. Uh, there is no team that is ever too good to go down. Yes, you have one bad season. It's <laughs> that bad season that gets you relegated. Um, uh, you know, we we got relegated because we deserve to get relegated. And it's as simple as that. I, I know where you're coming from, Michael, but uh, we, we, we got what we deserved, basically. Um, what is a concern is we're having lots of possession. We're not having many. Well, we're going to be coming, like I say, on to... Um, but I am saving some questions. I just said to Scott there, if I don't answer questions straight away, it's because I am thinking, well, we'll come to talk about that at the end um, as we go through. So whatever the little picture is at the top is what we're kind of talking about at the moment. Hiya, uh, hee hee, how are you doing? Um, <laughs> I know I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. At Christmas, he changes his name to Ho-Ho. There we go. Got it out of the way. Um, <sighs> done and dusted. Right, uh, this was the squad. Now, the squad, okay, I looked at that squad, Brad, and I thought, hmm, uh, uh, yeah, Ian Atcho came back. I was surprised he didn't come back for the earlier game. Chowdhury, I mean, the problem when you look at that is 
you don't know where players are going to be. Uh, you know, you look at that and you think, okay, uh, that's a good team. Uh, and it is, it is, it's a team, you know, if we'd have been got given that on the opening day against Coventry, we'd have all gone, <laughs> yep, that's, that, that's a brilliant team. I was watching the game, and we are going to move, move more on to tactics here, because I was watching the game and I thought, Wink seems quite a, quite a way back. And then I went on today onto the Leicester City site, and when they put the lineups up uh, under the under the game, they actually um, put it as goalkeeper, defenders, midfielders, and strikers, which meant basically that looking at how they got it, they had got us, and this is the LCFC site, so it's not something that I've just plucked out of the air. Our our own our own you know website, our own uh, team did this. Um, had us as a 4 3 3. Uh, they had McAteer at right back, um, they had Chowdhury on the right wing, and they had Piera on the right up front. And that actually has been borne out by sort of a few things that have been said uh, on Leicestershire Live. I mean, are we, are we before I actually go mad, should we say, well, at least he was trying something different, or should we be saying, what the hell was he doing? having McAteer technically at right back, but trying to do that Pierre role. And to be honest with you, you know, I think he's, he's not ready to do that role yet. That was a long question. I accept that. Unmute yourself, mate. Unmute yourself, mate. Yeah. Um, I think it's a bit of both in a weird way. I think you're a little bit saying, well, yeah, he's trying something new there, but he's trying too much, if, if you will. Because for me... If you want to put Pereira as the winger, because Pereira is quite good, he 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 did down a lot for us over his time here. He's been very good at doing the overlapping, and if you put him in a position where he doesn't have to go up and down the wing for ninety minutes, he probably plays in ninety minutes like he did. Um, but for me, stick Chowdhury at right back and give. McAteer that free roam in the midfield because I think you shackle McAteer. I think what we learn from Chowdhury, and we've, I've discussed this before um, on the first one of these shows that we did about Chowdhury, the difference between him and Cassidy and Ndidi, I think, you know, in that circumstance, um, you know, we have to, um, you know, you, you, you want somebody who's going to, Big free reign. McAteer likes to get forward, and he and, and he's he's got that youngster and hunger to get back as well. So even if he's never going to shark his responsibility to get back and fill the gaps. And for me, Chowdhury was in a position where he did his defensive work absolutely fine. Um, he, even with the free kick he gave away, it was it was. <laughs> we've talked about it enough. We'll talk about it again in a minute. Um, but for me. We missed a drive forward. Um, I think Leicester, and there was a comment that he, he put in, and I think a few others have said it, and I, I do agree to a point. You know, he's my love child, but Ian Acho didn't have a good game. But I think that was down to the tactics. I think because we had two defensive-minded midfielders in that midfield alongside Dewsbury Hall, and I'm talking winks here, as the other defensive-minded midfielder, because he didn't drive us forward as, as he has been doing recently that often. Um, I think it kind of meant that Leicester played a a, a low-line a low press. 
And what that meant is, is instead of Leicester being very spread out throughout the field and moving the ball into sections, um, you know, we didn't have a high line defence that were moving the ball to the halfway line. They were deeper. We had a midfield that were coming back deeper and sitting on the halfway line almost. And the, the, the wingers and strikers were practically, Scott had the comment up there, practically Ian Atcher at some point was playing as a number eight or a false nine. He wasn't playing as, as, as a striker. And Mavadidi and, and, and Pereira were picking up the ball a lot deeper and it really restricted Leicester's movement. Now, I know people might, you know, people could say, well, Borough put 11 men behind the ball, Brad. How else are they supposed to do it? Well, you get into them. You get into their half, you get amongst their bodies, you get them second-guessing where you're going, you get them a little bit uncomfortable. If you do to them what Leeds did to us and put the pressure on them, then gaps open up. And I think we were very, very passive when we needed to be aggressive. And if you put Chowdhury where McAteer was, I think we get a better outcome for, uh, for the way we go about making the game uh, and, and progress forward. Last time we had a bold one of the last times we had a bold we had problems with round in in square holes. Is your mute not working? Is your mute not working? There we go, I'll do it. There we go, I'll do it. Um there we go. Uh between us we got it there. Uh, yeah, last time we had a bald-headed manager uh, who had trouble putting round pegs in, you know, he was putting round pegs in square holes, it was Ian Holloway. Um, and, you know, who can remember Ian Hume being played out on the wing? Uh, and I just think totally what you're saying. Yes, let's give him credit for maybe trying something different, but you are taking a player of McAteer's ability. And if you know, you're taking somebody that likes to get forward and sticking him in a defensive role because he was doing that that uh, Ricardo role, which was midfield. Great when we're attacking, he gets forward, but having to come back when 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 we are defending, and he's not a defender. Uh, and I just think that it, it was a mistake. I think, and hopefully Enzo will, will learn from it for that. Uh, but you know, look, let let let's talk tactics, Brad. Let's talk tactics. Tell us what went wrong, what went right, and anything else you want to discuss during the game. Well, first of all, everything that went wrong was Leicester lacked cutting edge. Um, they almost seemed to lack a bit of belief in their own ability because it seems that Leicester will always and forever have struggled with a team that goes, we're not interested in, in, in trying to play your style to suit you. Funny enough, we want the result just as much as you do. So we're going to make it difficult for you. We're not going to make it difficult on ourselves and give you the impetus to get in behind us. And when we do that, Leicester City goes searching. Now, when teams have sat off us before, Leicester... Have put the foot on the ball. They've played. They've, they've they've pushed themselves up, and they've slowly pushed that back line up. And I think the comfort with that has forced this negative change. And what I mean by negative, what why is it negative? Is because Leicester's Leicester's defensive line would start here and slowly, slowly, slowly get to the halfway line. I'll try and get as accurate as I can with my hand movement halfway up my screen there. So they get to about there halfway up to the halfway line 
and all of a sudden Leicester would have seven bodies in the opposition half. They'd have them in and around the edge of the box, and um, and, and 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 all of a sudden we had midfielders and defenders of the opposition checking the shoulder because they're like, do I need to go here? But what if he goes here? And they weren't realistically marked. They, they were zonal marking in a moving pitch. They were they were marking an area and not an not, not a player. And that's where Leicester were ready to pounce. They'd still methodically move the ball, Chris, but they wouldn't really they wouldn't really panic or do anything. And you, you almost felt like it was cooking, didn't you? You felt like the move was cooking. It was slowly brewing and Leicester were ready to spring. And the the slightest thing that's changed is teams now are pressing Leicester. They they they're, they're realising that if we if we back off Leicester and show you know blink first as the expression is, then they're going to pass their their defence is going to carry us into our half and we're going to be on the back foot if we get at them and press them and engage them in their half of the field. Vestergaard and Cody and whoever don't have 10 years to, to pick out a killer ball. It, and, 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 you know. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but when you can't play away, there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com and split our midfield open or get in behind our defense with a with with, with um with a few passes if we do that they're going to struggle because they're going to turn around and go back to their defenders you know if we can get winks to get the ball on the halfway line or just inside his own half he's going to pass it to vestergaard we know this because that's what they like to do. And I think against Middlesbrough, we were so assured that that's what Middlesbrough were going to do, that we did it for them anyway. Our defence was very slow. Our movement was very slow. And it almost it was almost like the wingers and, and Ian Acho got so bored waiting for the ball to actually get into the Middlesbrough half that they came back to get the ball themselves, only to then realise, oh, I'm the guy, I'm, I'm the person who's got the ball in a position where I want someone to have it because I'm supposed to be up there. Okay, sorry, I'll give it you back. Off, I'll go back up the pitch. And we can't do that. If a team's going to sit off at us, that's when we spring the trap. That's when we go, okay, come on, foot on the ball. We'll drag this ball up to the halfway line until you feel, ah, we've got to go at them. No, we've got to go at them because that's what teams do. And when we broke teams like that, that's when we were winning games. What we did against Middlesbrough was keep it in our own half. And again, force of habit, muscle memory, whatever you want to call it. Leicester, Leicester yesterday had a force of habit of going, we can't go forward immediately. 
turn around every now and then we'll pass it back to our defence and start again. Bloody turn hell, around. Hell. I know, right? I could, I could, I could audition for X Factor just as a joke one, so not a serious contender. But you know what I mean, Chris? How many times were we watching that game yesterday? You and I, obviously, you were what doing the watch along. But for those that maybe were watching the highlights or whatever, or watching it alongside Chris, is it's wonderful commentary that he provides you. I'm thinking the same. Like, any second now, he's going to turn around and pass it backwards. Predictable as it was, predictable under Rodgers with, with, with Harvey Barnes on the left, my problem I had with us last season. We have become too complacent and predictable on what we're going to do. And the worst thing is, instead of upping the tempo of how we went about doing it, we've dropped the tempo. And that is what went really wrong for Leicester yesterday. They just dropped the tempo, and it's like they could not get it out of their heads that Middlesbrough weren't going to press them like Leeds did. It was like they're thinking, no, Leeds, shortly Middlesbrough are eventually going to come at us and that's when it will work. And it never happened. And that's the worrying thing about Enzo not having a plan B because at 60 minutes, Chris, there was three changes that should have been made. Uh, the Mavadidi should have come off. I think he, he had a bad game. I think we should have put Tom Cannon on because it was pointless having him on the bench and saying he's ready to play if he's not going to put him on. Yes, people will instantly say Vardy. Uh, that that That's neither here nor there. I think you maybe could have taken Ian Acho off and put Dakar on or Vardy if you want to do that. I don't actually think... I think when we became a two up front, even though it wasn't for long, Ian Acho, when he was freed up a bit, was actually a bit better than he was throughout the game. But maybe that's my personal bias. But at half an hour, at 60 minutes, Chris, when it's not working, that's when you go, OK, I'm going to put Casey McAteer in for Chowdhury. I'm going to drop Chowdhury back. Or even better, I'm going to drop Ricardo back. I'm going to put Casey McAteer in that middle. And I'm going to take off Hamza because we don't need an extra body. for. We don't need a winger on there. I want my experienced defender as move right back. I want another body in the midfield. And we should have gone for a... For a 4-3-1-2, we should have had Ian Acho as a shadow strike, if you will, or actually put Winks in that position, or Dewsbury Hall in that position, and we should have had Ian Acho on one side as a deep lane forward. The deep lane forward is the one that comes to get the ball, you know, a bit shorter than the rest. He comes and collects the ball and can hold the ball up. And I think then we, you know, we, we, we have Tom Cannon as the as the poacher striker, the, the, the more advanced forward, or Vardy as the more advanced forward, or Dakar as that more advanced forward, whichever one of them three, you'd have had holding a higher line. And that way... No, of course we don't. But, but, it, but again, I, I'm just trying to spitball ideas of putting someone... Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, shots fired there by you, Chris, for your tactics. But no, my point is... If we, because if you play Ian Acho, who is more of a deep sitting forward, and you complement him with a Dakar or a Vardy to give a more better example in terms of they're more of an advanced forward, the defence don't know whether to stick or twist because they can't press you too much because you don't want to leave Jamie Vardy in behind playing yeah. the offside trap. He'll murder them every time. Um, and you don't want to not press him because Ian Acho will have a shot from the edge of the box and he's capable of scoring and they'll cut through you. And I just think. That may be a system that Leicester need to try. They need to trim the wings when they're not working. And 
might sound harsh to do that to Tafatu and, and Mavadidi, but I think that occasion, if it's not working and they're shutting off our, if they're cutting off our wing supply, mm. then you're you're killing off half of Leicester's uh, attacking ability. Flood the middle, get to up front, confuse them a little bit, have their manager have to think and maybe change his way of thinking. Because if you let a team just stroll along doing what they're doing because Leicester aren't changing anything, so keep doing it. We're going to lose more games than, than than we have done this season, Chris, and that's the way we're going to do it. Yeah, uh, We I've need got, to be uh, more I've progressive. Got, yeah, I've got some yeah, tactical information, tap, 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 but, but I'm obviously concerned. I'm obviously I do know you've got to go soon. Uh, so I'm uh, going to... So um, I'm going to just mute you there we go i'm going to sort of move on to that at the end because i want to move on to the uh player results first first thing i should do is a couple of weeks ago i did this i predicted how many points we'd end the season on um on how we're doing it was 125 uh this week uh it's come down to 112 so <laughs> we're going in the wrong direction but it's a long season it's a long season so what we're going to do now is we're going to compare um player ratings uh in as much as we know what well i know what jordan's given them from uh, the leicester mercury leicestershire live i've got my ratings and brad's gonna give his and we'll just see how they compare and guys get your ratings flooding into the uh, into the chat we won't bring them up because there'll be so many but uh do get them in um let us start as always at the back um part of your union madsen manson what have you given him brad like I said earlier in the show, didn't actually have a lot to do. And unfortunately, the one thing he had to really do was pick the ball out of his net from a free kick. Um, I'd give him a five, really. Oh, okay. I don't think he was at fault for anything. Because he wasn't at fault for anything, I've actually given him a seven. I've actually given him a seven. Well, okay. I just, yeah. So did Jordan. Well, yeah, maybe I... I think maybe you two have got that more spot on than me. I think I'm probably been a bit harsh on that one. I think you've been a little bit harsh there. Chowdhury. I'm just going to mute you. I'm going to say something about Chowdhury. Because he was chosen. He was chosen as our man of the match by Alan, who is at the match. Now, I know... I know. Social media is very toxic at times. And I actually went on and responded to about three people. I responded to somebody yesterday in a nice way. And and we, we finished friends. We just agreed to disagree. But some people, when I put that post up, Alan actually goes and sits at every away match, every home match. He's a season ticket holder, gets to all the away matches. Um, and he's at that match. And when one of the guys, the guy that, were, that was all right with, with me last night, when he said, um, well, I don't agree with Hamza being mad in the match, was he at a different match? And I said, no, he was at the match with you. And he said, no, I uh, I watched it on the telly. I went, well, exactly. You're only seeing, at some point, you're only seeing the one player. He is seeing the whole pitch and how players are working off the ball. And he turned around and went, yeah, fine. But all I'll say, guys, is when I put those things up, don't just come on. And you know, one guy came and went on, you're joking. Well, you've added three fuck all to the conversation. You must have an IQ of five because, you know, 
who who are you? Who are you picking out? Oh, nobody, because you haven't got the brains to do that. And there was two or three, and I actually did reply to them, and I actually went on and deleted them, to be honest with you, because uh, I was a bit uh, embarrassed by what I said to them. But, you know, if you want to be, well, Brad described them as knuckle, uh, knuckle druggers. I described them as having low IQs. If you're going to disagree with what's put up, then have an opinion. It isn't about opinions, but if you haven't got your own opinion, shut the fuck up. You know, just come on and go, yeah, I don't think Hamza did very well. I think it should have been whoever. And we'll go, yeah, fair point. You know, maybe he was in the in the uh, uh in, in the offing too. But Chowdhury was his man of the match, although Alan did sort of say it was a difficult one to choose. Uh how much, but how much have you given Chowdhury? Sake. I, I double double tapped it. I double tapped it. Um, yeah, look, I mean, just just offer something to report first of all. If someone goes from the man of the match, you don't agree with it. That's fine. You know, I, I don't always agree with Chris, and I always agree with Alan's man of the match. We all have different opinions on this thing, so we see it from different views, don't we? We maybe listen to it on the radio. We maybe watch it on um, on the telly when it's on there. We maybe stream it. No, we don't. We don't do that here. Anybody that's watching, but you know, you, you go to the games and you all get to see different views of it because you're showing or listening to different aspects of it and being told it in a different way. And for me. Chowdhury gets a lot of hate from fans for yesterday's performance because of the goal. I, I, asked, I, I would have talked to these fans and said, oh, he was rubbish, his foul cost us a goal. So let's say he doesn't make that challenge and that ball gets played through to Borough fans who were screaming at the fact the referee pulled it back, by the way. I'd like to add that to these people that are blaming Hamza for our defeat and saying he's crap and tear up his contract. They wanted to play on advantage because their boat was thrown on goal and probably would have scored a hell of a lot easier goal than the free kick, right? Mm. If that free kick, and th th you've got to remember, that when you say things about free kicks and that, does have a million times, he will, he will score two of them, right? If that free kick goes into Rosehead or straight down Hamadson's uh, uh, throat, you'd all be sat there going, oh, yes, Ham's a great job, professional foul, did it right, tactical, that was it. Don't let them throw on goal. Give them a free kick. It's a lot hard to score free kick than a one-on-one. -on -one. And we'd be going, well, got away with a point, take that. Thank you, Ham to Chowdhury. And none of you would have batted. I'm not saying people listening right now were saying this. I'm just saying it to these people. Don't think I'm having a go at any of you watching the chat. And you wouldn't be satisfied slagging Ham's or Chowdhury sideways for his performance because he was my man of the match, Chris, and he gets a seven from me. Seven for you. Seven for you. The funny thing is, the funny thing is, anybody that knows, anybody that knows that Brad's, I think we're, I think we're together here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to. It won't. I'll, 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 I'll do you off, mate. All right, give us a mute then, mate. There he goes. Brad talked so much sense. Oh, it's on muted again. What's going on? I didn't do anything. Right, let's try it now. Don't touch it until you turn to talk. <laughs> I need to have little boards up, don't I? Um, the funny thing is, anybody who knows uh, Brad's um, uh, love child is in Acho. Mine is Vestergaard. Uh, and well done, Yannick, on getting back into the uh, Denmark squad after 17 months. Fully deserved. But it was actually his back heel 
you know, what God knows what he was trying to do, but it was his, it, it was his back heel. Whoops, he's gone. It's his back heel that actually put Hamza in and forced him to make that um, that tackle. Now, I'm sorry if you listen to the radio, and and in fairness, the guy that was arguing with me yesterday actually, uh, you know, was was big enough to say fair fair point. Jerry Taggart, who you may remember is a Premier ex Premier League defender, actually said Hamza had to make that challenge. He said, you can't be sure, but the chances are that that guy would have gone on to score. Why did he have to make that challenge? Because Vestergaard, who this guy had said should have been man of the match, actually played Chowdhury into trouble. And I said at the start, and I said on the um, on the description earlier, uh, on the play, sorry, on the um, watch along yesterday, are our players thinking they're, you know, they're, all, they're all Lionel Messi's these days? But, uh, no, I've agreed with you, Brad. I've given Chowdhury seven. He was my man of the match. And, actually, although I do put it up on Facebook and Twitter, and maybe I need to stop doing that, and then it doesn't give the knuckle-draggers a chance to, 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 to cause trouble. We actually discuss it at the end of the watch-along, don't we? And uh, we get your opinion, who you listen to it generally on the radio. Me, I'm watching um, uh, on TV. Uh, Kate comes on when she's at the matches, and she's been at the match. And so it's all, and we all quite often will come up with different man of the matches because of the way, as you, as you, you know, quite rightly said, Brad, you know, it's the way we all see things. So, uh, interesting, interesting. So, uh, Jordan gave him six, but look, six, seven, it's there or thereabouts. Um, Faz, Brad, Brad, started off okay. For a while, was probably our better defender in terms of some blocks, the way he read the ball at times. But he faded during the game. And during that little bit of spell, he kind of gave the ball away and nearly cost us. We got good recovery rates by some players like Winks and and, and, and Chowdhury and, 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 and Justin at times that got him out of trouble. He was a six, though, because he, he did have a good start to the game. He just deteriorated as the game went on, so I gave him a six. You gave him a six. You gave him a six. You've agreed with Jordan. Um, but you've I know, <laughs> you're mad fool. But you've disagreed with me because I've only given him a five. But look, like we've said, five, six, six, seven, you know, but I've given him a five. Um, like I said before, my love child, uh, I just think he's playing so well this season. Um, he's playing how he should have been played, uh, he's playing for a manager that knows what he can do. Uh, that plays him in the right position. Just got back into the into the Denmark squad, as we said, Yannick. But he did his back heel did lead to the free kick that uh, that gave the goal away. Yeah, a costly mistake by a usually composed Vestergaard. Um, some of the things in that game were very uncharacteristic of Vestergaard. Um, he didn't keep himself composed. Sometimes on the ball, his passes were wayward at times as well. Um, for all the praise he's earned offers both, especially you, Chris, over the last 15 games, not his best performance. Um, I'd struggle to think of one that was worse than that. And I'm not saying he was terrible, but I'm just saying compared to the standards he's been delivering in performances of recent weeks, that one was probably one of his lower ones, if not his lowest one. And for me, I'm going to give him a five. Hey. Five. Now that is interesting because I gave him a six for exactly the same reasons that you did. Um, 
normally I'm giving him eights and nines. So, you know, in context, in fact, I've still got Vout up there. Uh, let's put uh, let's put Yannick up there. Yeah, I normally give him a quite high, but I've dropped down to six because of exactly the same points that you did and the fact that he was trying to be Lionel Messi and, and it cost us. Uh, Jordan gave him a seven, joint top with Hermanson. Um, again, I think another moment. Um, so um, none of us agreed on that one. Um, next up, James Justin. Um, not too sure what, what he did, um, wrong defensively. I don't remember anything badly defensively. Um, but seems to still like that cutting edge going forward. I don't know if that's tactical. You've gone, Brad. I think we have lost Brad. Come on, start the car up. Um, have you got to go Brad if you've got to go I can let you go yeah apologies mate I'm having a bit of issues and I think I have got to head off so uh, my yeah. mates uh, yeah, yeah, rushing back home. I'd have given him a six. I'd have given him a six, mate. All right, mate. Have a good one, and I'll speak next week. All uh, right. Cheers, mate. See you later. Cheers. Uh, Brad, in fairness, he is actually staying at his uh, family, so um, he, he was going out. So I don't expect him to sit in the back of the car and do it for us. So we'll... we'll We'll, we'll plod on. Now, he's given James Justin a six. Uh, I have also given him a six. And Jordan gave him a six. So, um, by the sign of the devil, uh, Justin gets six, six, six. So, um, we're going on to Harry Winks. Um, again, another player for me. Sets himself really, really, really high standards. And for me, yesterday, he didn't quite uh, come up to that. No, say no worse than particularly anybody else in the team. Um, but yeah, it just for me, um, wasn't wasn't one of his better performances. So um and he got and he's got a yellow card, which means he's going to be suspended against Watford. So he'll be interested if indeed if indeed he doesn't come back, uh, although there's talk that he may be coming back after the uh, after the international break. Um whether uh, what who will replace Winks. Um I've given him I've given him a five for me. I think it was a bit rash that um um I'm just sorry, just watching what uh, you said there, Scott. So I yeah, for me five and I think he, he he went in and it was frustration in his tackle more than anything, and I think the whole team was frustrated. I gave him a five, Jordan gave him a six. Um Ricardo Look, we said earlier, in fact, let me just, I'm, I'm not even keeping up with these, am I here? So that was um, that was the Winks. Ricardo, look, for me, yes, we saw earlier, didn't we, on, on that thing where, where the, the, you know, the Leicester website, you know, lcfc.com would put him, which was as one of the front wingers. I like Ricardo. When obviously, you know, he normally plays right back. He can play left back. He can also play a central winger. 
for me, he's not a forward winger. And why you've got McAteer, who can score goals, why stick him in defence and Ricardo has only scored one goal all season up front? I don't get it. I'm going to say he was trying something different. So I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, Enzo. But I don't understand that at all. So um, uh, Ricardo gets a five for me as well. Uh, although he got a six off uh, Jordan. So we're pretty much pretty much in the ballpark. Um, Jewsbury Hall. Well, well uh, we, complete, we disagree completely. Uh, Jordan gave him a six. I thought it was one of his worst games. And I'm just a little bit worried that uh, Jewsbury Hall is becoming to Enzo what Barnes was becoming to, um, to Rogers. And uh, to quote Craig, you know, Enzo could uh, hang his whole Leicester City career on the uh, plinth of Kieran Jewsbury Hall. Now, we know he's not a bad player, and I'm not saying he is a bad player. What I am saying is that he did not have a good game yesterday. It was one of his worst games yesterday, uh, it, this season. This season. And the, the thing is, as well, is that he didn't have a good game against Leeds. But are we too scared to drop him? Or are we a case of that we've got Ndidi injured, we've got Eunice injured, two players that play uh, midfield? Um, could you not have brought Albrighton on um, to, to, to sit up front with uh, Ricardo dropping back into the midfield um, and, and Winks, you know, Chowdhury holding that middle and Winks and Albrighton? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. To me, um, Kieran Jewsby Hall needs a rest. He's going to have a two-week rest now. Let's see how he comes back because I'm sure he'll be picked to start against Watford. A good player but not his best game yesterday. We could say that about a lot of players. Nate, welcome along. You are late. I hope you've got a note from your mother. So Jordan gave him six, and I gave him four. Um, now, after Dewsbury Hall, we come to Casey McAteer. We've just been talking about him. We talked about him earlier. What the fuck was he doing? At right back, or or in that Ricardo role of midfield dropping back into defence. When you've got somebody that does it as well as Ricardo, you know, like I said earlier, Ian Holloway, square pegs, round holes. What was the point? What was the point? You were taking somebody, it's like it's like you know, sending a sending a, a, a lion out to fight and taking his teeth out. You literally are restricting what he can do for us. That, to me, Enzo, bad mistake. Uh, he gets four. He got four from Jordan. But for me, he got four, but not his fault um, because he was playing out of position. So, to me, you know, I can't blame him for the four, but he does get a four. Um... <laughs> funny Alex, funny, like it um, You've got to be able to laugh after that sort of performance, haven't you? Um, better late than never, as Scott says, indeed um, and we're going with, <laughs> Alex, if <we're laughs> no, I'm not going anywhere with that one I can get myself into trouble um, So that's why he gets a four, but I can't, I can't blame him for that 
Uh, Kells, I'm glad probably Brad's gone here, although I don't know Brad wasn't overly impressed with him yesterday. He got a five from Jordan. He got a four from me. The problem we had when we played Leeds was that we were attacking down the wings and Vardy wasn't in the box. Nobody was in the box. So what is the point of having good strikers, oh, sorry, good wingers, when there's nobody there for them to pass the bloody ball to, Enzo? So, Iheanacho comes in. How deep was he playing? <laughs> you two are worrying me now. Um, why was he playing so deep? I'd love to get his heat map up, actually, and just see. I might do that later. Um but he was playing very, very deep. I can actually get heat maps up. So uh, we'll have a look at that afterward. But he got a five from Jordan. He got a four from me. Uh, Mavadidi got a six from me. Uh, only because basically didn't really do much wrong. Didn't do much right. Didn't do much wrong. Uh, he got a five from Jordan. So, yeah, five, six. Like I say, you know, swings and roundabouts. Uh, on that when it comes to uh the substitutions though let me just drop that a little bit there we go when it comes to substitutions well um we didn't make many why again why we'd got five you allowed five substitutes he did two last week he said i did two against leeds because i didn't think i could change anything well we lost against leeds you did two against Middlesbrough. Guess what, Enzo? You fucking lost us the game again. What are you doing? You know, I don't... You know, On the bench, we had... He could have brought Sutar on to play that Mavadidi role and push Mavadidi up forward more into an attacking role. He could have tried Dakar up front. He could have tried uh, Cannon up front. He went for Vardy. Who knew? Brings Vardy on with 80 on the 85th minute. Vardy had seven minutes. Nobody can do much in seven minutes unless they, they strike lucky. Um, he's not going to change the great game. Cashadi. All right, so he's not had the best of games. But he causes trouble. He runs at players. He might get a penalty. All Brighton. Like I say, bring Ricardo back into the midfield, right? And put all Brighton on up front. Square pegs, square holes, Enzo. Fatou, for me, gets a six. Because he, he, he at least he, he, he did brighten things, up when he came, brightened things up when he came on. He came on in the 58th minute. And from about the 65th, 70th minute was our best part of the game. So I'm giving uh, Fatou a six. Got a five from Jordan. Um... Vardy, now Jordy hasn't given him anything uh, because basically what he says on, you know, these players when they come on at sort of the 85th minute, they're not going to make an impression. I gave him a three and again, along there with McAteer's rating, that's not because he had a bad game, that's because he, he, he just had, didn't have a chance to do anything, to be honest with you. Um, so for me, uh, Vardy gets a three, but not his fault. Um, the manager... To me, well, oops, I've gone there. Have I not got him? No, I didn't put him up. But the manager, Enzo, four. Four for me. Um, his worst game as a manager for us this season. Uh, he had options on the bench to change it. He didn't. 
Leeds were a good team, deserved to win, I think. Just, you know, I think they did deserve to win. Uh, but there was no way that Middlesbrough really deserved to win. Like I say, a draw would have been fair. We had winning changes on that bench and he refused to do it. And allowing the fact that he's put players in the wrong positions because he was trying uh, trying that. Uh, Alex has come in with Enzo too. Um, I, I'm, I'm guessing that's the female Alex, of course, because you are Nate's mom. So she's come in with two. Um, yeah, I've gone four because to me it was the worst game, the worst game of the season for him. So what I'm going to do now um, is, again, Alan, who was at the match, gave the whole team a six, which is I gave them a six as well. I did give him a six. Um, and like I say, Alan's man of the match, who was my man of the match, who was also um, Brad's man of the match, but he wasn't Luke's man of the match in the, in, in the, in the, in the, on the show yesterday. Uh, but Hamza Chowdhury, uh, less little I dies, Leicester man of the match. Um, now, like I say, when I put that up, and I'll just remind people, when I put that up on Twitter, and when I put that up on uh, Facebook and Instagram, feel free to disagree. Football is about opinions. We all have opinions. And if you come to me and go, as somebody said, Vestergaard should have been man of the match. Somebody else said, Hermanson should have been man of the match. And possibly, because they got sevens, which are the highest scores Jordan gave to anybody for the Leicester Mercury. So, I don't mind that. We're here to disagree. We're here. Me and Brad, we're always disagreeing. We haven't recently for some reason, but we always disagree. Now, if you're going to come on and say, you've got to be joking, well, come on, you know, you put your brain in gear if you've got one and say who you think. And I'm not talking to anybody on the chat in here. I'm talking to people that are, are on Twitter and are on Facebook. Mainly Facebook, I have to say. It is mainly Facebook. Uh, but come up with your own man of the match. Um, um, as he has problems playing Cassidy, um, doesn't back to why not leave uh, Ricardo in that position and put McAteer. Nate, go back, rewind 10, 15 minutes. Um, yeah, we discussed that, mate. <laughs> so uh, I was going to bring up a few more, few more interesting facts here. Um, so this one is where the attack sides were. Um, 42 percent uh, came down uh, Middlesbrough's right. So they were up against Justin uh, and Vestergaard on that side. Um, we were pretty even, as you can see there. I'm not going to run through them, but you can see them. Now, this is interesting. Uh, the shot directions. Uh, we did not have one shot from the right-hand side. So putting Ricardo on that right-hand side, Enzo, hope you're going to come out and say you got it wrong. Because I think, I tell you, if McAteer had been up there uh, uh, with... Um, Fatuu, uh, sorry, with Mavadidi and uh, Inacho, we'd have had some shots. Not one shot from that right-hand side. 75% down the middle, 25% from the left-hand side. Why have we got wingers when we're going up stats like that? Um, shot zones? Middlesbrough never had one shot inside the six-yard box. We had 8% of our shots. We both had 67% of our shots from within the penalty box, and we had 25% of our shots were from outside. 
Um, and then, as you can see there, um, I think because of that 20-odd minutes that were in the uh, second half from like the 65th minute, um, it's quite high in the Middlesbrough end. Obviously, it's always going to be higher uh, in the centre of the field as well. Um, and that's just player positions, but you can't really see who that is because um, of the fact that there's no names there. So I'm just going to come up. Just bear with me because I'm just going to see um, if I can get a heat map for um, Ian Acho, wasn't it? Dibbles, Clathers, Corns, Dispossessed. There's the heat map. There, there. I'm sure it was that last one, actually. Um, uh, I can't get it up, guys. I can't get it up. But, oh, heat maps. There we go. At the top. Right, so this was Ian Atchison. Now, this will prove whether we are right or whether we are talking a lot of nonsense. There's Ian Atchison's heat map. Now, I don't know how much you can see of that. And let's just get rid of uh, Middlesbrough. We don't need them. Um, it's basically outside the box. So you can't really see on here. But it's can, 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 can you guys... See that you might have to look at it very, very carefully. Uh, hi, Mike. How you doing, mate? Um, but basically, basically, the heat map is from. Can you see my? Do you see my mouse on there as well? Then, if you do, can do. But basically, from the eighteen-yard box to just in front of our eighteen-yard box, he hardly ever actually got into that um, into the opposition box at all. Uh, if we look at uh, Ricardo, he's in C, he's sort of more into the box than he should be from where he was. Not doing much defending because he's up front. He's a defender, but he, you know, he was too. He was made to play too far up front. Uh, and let's just have a very quick look at um, McAteer. Well, look at McAteer. As you can see, it's down there, uh, all down that left-hand side. A little bit in the middle and a little bit across here, but. For somebody who is an attacking winger, being played in defence, that's what happens to him. He gets stuck on that wing and can't really help us at all. Absolutely ridiculous. I'm sorry. And that is why I've given Enzo uh, four. Um, but there we go. Such is life. Such is life. Right, so let us um, go through some of your questions. I have saved some of them. Um, Daka deserves a game, um, said Derek, right at the start of the show. Uh, and Jim uh, agreed with him, uh, agreed I'd much rather have Daka than Vardy. Now, the problem we've got, the problem we've got with Daka for me, and I love Daka when we first signed him. You know, he scored four against Moscow. Uh, Musa scored two against Barcelona, didn't turn into much. Um, some guy scored a couple against Peterborough, didn't turn into much. Um, and I can't remember his name, somebody will tell me. Um, 
briefly saw the heat map and mouse is clear thank you unfortunately the heat map they've got blue on black it doesn't really show out very well but um but uh, I, I did as, as best I can, Scott. But thanks for letting me. Hopefully, my mouse helped uh, a little bit um, showing where it was. Right. So, um, the questions. Let's just go back to these. Yeah. Dakar deserves the game. The problem with Dakar is that he's willing. We know he can score. We know he knows where the goal is. You know, he scored a lot when he was in uh, the, the Austrian League. Um they won the prem, you know, won their top division, and all right, you can argue Austrian league, blah blah blah. He's not to get in the run of games. This was very much what we used to say about Ian Acho, like, well, you know, we want to give Ian Acho a chance, but he's never been given a chance, blah blah blah. Uh, and as soon as he got regular games in that um uh season, I think before we won the other season, we won the FA Cup, he suddenly started scoring. Dakar, he's going in January, he's not going to be here, he's going to the uh. Uh, African Cup of Nations, but we're not going to miss him because he doesn't play. So, is he any better than Vardy? No. Unfortunately, I don't think he is. Uh, and I think he'll be even further down the pecking line once um, uh, Cannon becomes uh, available. Um, Dakar and Cannon uh, up top. Vardy is obviously um, retiring this season. The actor is having good and bad days. They all had a bad game yesterday and against Leeds, in fairness. Um, yeah, uh, I think Vardy, Vardy wants to go up. That's the sort of person Vardy is. I don't think we can say that Vardy's not playing at all. Um, uh, that is obviously, um, what else was I going to say? Cannon, yeah, well, I'm surprised he didn't get on yesterday. I thought he might get 10, 15 minutes, but there's no point rushing him back when, when he's not well. Um I think we answered this one, Scott, didn't we, about playing as a number eight position. Uh, we need to get somebody in that box, though. Uh, here's a thought. When we get back to games, but could you push Vestergaard forward into Wink's role and put Cody in centre-back role? I don't think you can. I think Wink's... Uh, sorry, Vestergaard knows what he's good at. Enzo knows what he's good at. The bell end never had any idea what he was good at. Which was don't know why then he bought him and don't know and that was probably why he never played him. Um, we've got to be careful that we don't, you know, we've got players and a lot of our players can play on both sides, etc. But every player has their preferred position that they play, and if we move them off that position, we're actually, like I said earlier, taking the teeth out of the lion, if you like. You know, uh, you got players like Phil Neville who used to be a utility player who was basically, you know, could play all positions, but was master of none. But look at Ricardo. Great as a right back. He's very good as a right winger uh, in the midfield. Useless, and I'm afraid, on yesterday's game as a right uh, attacking mid uh, winger. Um, Cody should come in, but I think Cody rather than Faze at the moment, to be honest with you. I've not been overly impressed with Faz. Uh, so let's drop him. I don't think, I don't think he can drop Vestergaard. He's one of our players of the season, and I wouldn't move him forward. Um, he does what he does, you know, because, you know, he, he sits back and he takes those balls from Winks. Him and Winks are passing the ball to each other so many times. He was in midfield. He couldn't do that. And then what uh, what Winks does well, oh, sorry, what Vestergaard does well, when he gets that ball, eventually somebody's moved for him. That's what he's been waiting for. Picks the ball over the top. Beautiful. 
uh, and that that's why he's good. So no, I wouldn't do that in my opinion, um, Scott. Uh, Michael, the concern for Leicester is that you will lose your Afcon players. Yeah, we're only going to lose four, five Afcon players. Um, uh, of which we're going to lose Ian Acho. Um, we're going to lose. I'm trying to think who the others are. The uh, Garner, whoever, whoever's the Ghanaian player. Um, Fatawu, I'm not sure. I don't think we lose him because they don't all play for teams that have have qualified. But I've checked. I've checked before, and I think there's four, maximum four or five players. But one of those is definitely Dakar for uh, Nigeria. So along with Ian Acho. But like I say, are we going to miss Dakar? Not at the moment, and that's no that's no disrespect to him. It's only because he's not being played. So that's why we're not going to miss him. Uh, Alex, too, uh, unpopular opinion. Cody should be starting. We signed him for a reason. Uh, I agree, he should be starting. If you're playing three centre backs, which is basically what he's doing most of the time. Yes, whoever's on right back duty, of course, goes midfield and we're striking attacking so that does leave the three at the back why isn't he playing well he obviously was injured at the start and we're on a winning run so why change something just i i'm not a believer in saying well this player's fit now he gets into the team no you were injured not your fault i know but you were injured or you were off form though what's one of the two reasons you are not in my squad for this game suddenly you start playing well in the reserves Suddenly, you're fit again. You're not walking straight back in. We've had that for five years under under uh, under the bell end. He had his favourites. As soon as you're fit, you're back in. No, no, no. You don't come back in until that player that's replaced you, who's been playing well, let's say, plays badly. And when he plays badly, then we drop him. The argument could be that FaZe has not been our best of the, of the defenders that we've had on the pitch. Maybe you should change with him. Yes. But don't don't play somebody just because we sign them. Uh, I don't agree with that at all, um, as you probably just guessed. Uh, Michael, Leicester have a plus. Yeah, yeah. The plus seven goal difference was just on the last six games, uh, and that tied in with us not have well losing two of those last six games and only winning them by like two one or or, or one nils. That's what I'm saying. We haven't had a 3-1 or a 4-0 or a 4-1 for, for a while. And what I was saying is, based on the last six games, that was the form table, then, um, you know, we, we were the worst of the seven, uh, the, the top seven. Uh, and that's why I showed that. But, yes, we got the best goal difference in the whole league. Uh, of course we have. Um Do Leicester have sufficient funds to uh, to invest in the transfer window? Um, I think we do. Uh, we've, we've got 80 million for um, Madison and Barnes. We didn't spend anywhere near 80 million. We also saved a hell of a lot on wages because if we signed, I'm not sure, I can't remember the exact number, but let's say we signed 10 players, we let 15 go. All right, a couple of those were Madison and Barnes, but 15 players were, were either released or sold. So certainly on the wages side, we're a lot better off because we've actually got now a smaller squad than we had. Uh, I don't think Top will make the same mistakes as last season. I think if Enzo goes and says, right, this is where we need to strengthen, and um, we're still up there, 
come January, I think Top will back him because uh, I think he's realised he had that mistake where he tried to balance the books last time. And let's be honest with you, that's what you got to you got to you really got to try and do. Um, so yeah, I think I think we will strengthen uh, if we, if if we need to, uh, and if Enzo thinks we need to. Um, do you think we're rotating the squad enough, Ascot? For me, um, yeah, I thought I thought the squad would, would be rotated more, but I do like what Enzo has done. See, I was thinking, okay, we've got midweek weekend, midweek weekend. So let's let's take for example Vardy and Nacho was the obvious one. So I thought, so you got midweek weekend, midweek weekend, Vardy and Nacho, Vardy and Nacho, or the other way around, whatever. But no, that that was just what I thought they would do. But no, 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 no. What he's doing very cleverly is Vardy for sixty minutes, Nacho for thirty, Nacho for sixty, Vardy for thirty. Vardy for 16. So he was doing it like that. Right, it's changed a bit. But generally, that's how he's doing it. Um, and it works. So, um, and the thing is, at the end of the day, we're all going to sit here and go, well, this player should have been in. I think this should have been done. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. We've sat here and looked at this with great hindsight. And I've looked at this and gone, why the hell was McAteer at the back? When I And I'm, this, isn't, uh, this isn't sort of a comparison in any way. But, you know, I, I can remember looking uh, when I used to take my son and I was a coach of his um, of his football team, was one of the coaches. And the main coach said to me, because I was one of the assistants, he said, um, we went we went for a, a competition, uh, you know, one of these day competitions where you play four or five, you know, games at the uh, thing. Five, just five aside. He said, look, you take it today. I'm going to just enjoy myself. You, you pick the team and do all the tactics and everything. And my son had had a really good season as a defender and we played two games we needed to win the third and i went sean you're playing up front and i put sean up front and he scored two goals we won and qualified for the next round all right after that i left him up front he didn't score and we got knocked out <laughs> football management you know it's a hard thing um so look you try these things sometimes they come off sometimes they don't like i say Fair play to Enzo for trying it yesterday. Hindsight is the wonderful thing. And I, I do think he got it wrong um, on that. Um, Michael, we've been playing players out of position for 23 years. Um, it's the same man behind it, Andrew Neville. Really? I don't think you can blame Andrew Neville at all. Why, 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 why are you blaming Andrew Neville for playing players out of position? Because he doesn't go into the dressing room at two o'clock on a Saturday and say, Enzo, this is the team you're playing. Enzo, I think you should play Vardy in midfield. He doesn't do that. It's the manager. I agree we've been playing players out of position for a long time, but it is down to individual managers. As I said earlier, a certain boldy one that we had before, Ian Holloway, uh, Ian Hume on the, on the wing. Uh, Ranieri played Musa. On the wing, he's a striker. He scored two goals against Barcelona. Not a bad team to score two goals against. Um, and he played him on the wing. And he's a striker. So, yes, all managers do it. They do. Um, but certainly not blaming Andrew Neville. Sorry, uh, Michael. Uh, Daka, Zambia, Inacho, and Indidi, Nigeria, Tatarugana. Those are the ones we're losing. So, um 
Dakar, no, like I said, so it's it's um four actually, and so basically it's only three that we're kind of missing. No disrespect to Dakar. Uh so yeah, there we go. We're not gonna be that badly hit. So all this sort of all panic, what we're gonna do in January, Af Afcon, Afcon, Afcon. Don't panic, Mr. Mannering. Um Yeah, they, they are. You know, you buy a you buy a player for a position, um, and you say, you know, you go right. You know, this guy's a left back. This guy's a right back. It's not at Sumari. You know, we bought him, and then Brendan tried to change him into a box to box midfielder, which he wasn't. So why buy him if he wanted a box to box midfielder? Buy a box to box midfielder. Yes. Some players, I would be, if I was a manager and I was going into a team, i say, right, and I would see each player individually. One of the things I would say to them is, right, what's your favourite position? Okay, right wing. What other positions can you play? Oh, left wing. Okay, right back. Okay, thank you. And then you know it. But yes, every player has a preferred position. And you should stick them to, I can't say, square pegs, square holes. Um, uh, Abdul Fatu, Vestergaard, Hermanson, Winks, Akgun, sometimes Inacho, the ones who care the most. Um, yeah, I couldn't argue with that. Um, I think you've got to add Vardy onto that. I'm surprised you haven't got Vardy down there. Uh, but look, again. How do we know who cares and who doesn't? You can't tell by looking at people. Um, everybody looks different. Anyway, that is it. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you like these shows, let me know, because uh, we will do them again. I think this is only the third or fourth we've done, because uh, normally what we do, when we do the watch-along or the match day live uh, watch-along on the, the match day, uh, certainly on a Saturday, um, we have the pre-match, the watch-along, and then we have the post-match. So we have we have an instant reaction. With this one, we've actually kind of had time to think, settle And I was raging yesterday. Tell you what you did. I did miss a question from uh, Scott, if you're still in Scott, which I think you are. What was your question about the referee? Oh, no, you were asking Brad, weren't you? That was it, about the referee. Don't start me on that one again. But Brad had to go, unfortunately, so sorry. Uh, we're in the middle of the points. I couldn't put it to him. Uh, so if you do enjoy this particular show, let me know. Put it in the comments uh, or in the comments when we finish. Just put like it, thumbs up. Give it a thumbs up if you like it. Like the video. That will show us. And we want you to do that anyway. But if you like the video, please, because if you don't like something or something's not getting the likes, we'll just stop doing it because there's no point doing something. Nobody's going to enjoy it. Hopefully you are enjoying it. Thanks to Brad. Like I say, Brad's with his family at the moment, so the fact that he comes on is much appreciated. Um, yes, but it's still... I, I see what you're saying, Michael, but I'm sorry, it's still... Any manager, any manager that says has no say in the picking of the team has got no backbone. The guy at Chelsea that went from Brighton, possibly. <laughs> but I'm sorry, if I'm going to manage, because if my team doesn't win, I get sacked, right? 
So therefore, I pick the team, nobody else. But look, thanks very much, guys. Um, I'm not sure if there's going to be a discussion debate show tomorrow night. Uh, Kate's away, and of course, you know, it's, it's an international week, so there may not be one. Wednesday at 7, though, we do have the Big Fat Leicester quiz. Neil from um, um, Beyond the 90, a great Leicester website. Check it out. Um, he is a YouTube channel. Uh, he is joining us to do the quiz. That will be Wednesday at 7. <sighs> Two weeks off. We've got um, the international on Friday, England taking Malta. We're in, we've qualified anyway. But thanks to everybody. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Actually, please do click on the, uh, on the like button if you want us to carry on doing this show. If you're new, uh, you've got to subscribe to sort of chat anyway. That's just one of the rules I have. But if you're new, please do uh, consider subscribing if you haven't. And if you're listening to this via your favourite podcast platform, whichever that may be, your podcast platform of choice, thank you very much. Because we are, as you know, part of the TalkSport Network. Thanks very much. Have a great rest of the week. Have a great couple of weeks off if you're going anywhere for the international break. I will see you on Wednesday. Take care. Have a good Sunday night. Bye-bye now. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You better like them too or I'll be back. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.